my socks. His eyes were half closed. His words were extremely slurred. And he was wearing a sweater that was like hanging off of his shoulder. And it literally took him a good, I don't know, like almost a minute of me standing there looking at him going, Roger, what is wrong with you for him to realize that it was me? And it, it like, it broke me right there. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey. hey thanks. So, Roger and Ashley, right? Yep. Yeah. Awesome. So, you are the first couples I'm going to be featuring on the show. Like, you know, and your story is unique and it's different because, like, I've talked to other couples, but other couples have, like, you know, they used together because, like, they met in addiction, right? right? And, or, you know, they got sober together, they met in rehab. That's, you know, rehab loves a thing. You know, oh, yeah. all that kind of thing. But I haven't heard of a couple that, like, got introduced to drugs together, then got sober together. So that's a really, like, kind of a different, like, spin on it. And someone told you about my podcast? Yes. Um, I On my blog, I have a lot of readers, like, just every once in a while, they'll mention they watched a podcast. And they tell me that... Um, I, they think I would be a good fit or, and nine times out of 10, I watch something. And if I like it, I'll, I'll say something. <laughs> that's cool. Okay. What episode, like, that's, that's always interesting to me of how people find me. Like, you know what I mean? I'm always curious of like people stumbling, stumbling across my podcast without me sending it out. You know what I mean? So it's always, so what is your sober date together? <laughs> November 18th, uh, 2018. Okay, so you just celebrated three years. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Now, what was going on for you guys back in November of 2018, went right before that? Like, what drew you to have that sober date? Well, that, uh, things had gotten basically to a point of no return in my eyes. Um, and she talks a little bit about that in her blog, um, about how she, she, she wasn't quite ready. Um, not, not quite as far as I was, as far as deciding to go to a rehab and things like that, but we always kind of decided to do things together. Um, right there towards around November is when things was really longer, long before that in that year. But, uh, right there towards that date, we had gotten to a point to where, you know, we, uh, we had nowhere to turn. Um, it was, it was a boiling point moment of you guys using together where it was a lot of stress and, you know, being broke together and being sick together, you know? So, and I know that feeling of being sick alone, but being sick with like, like significant other is way worse because you also have empathy for that person. Exactly. So it hurts even more. Like you feel even more guilt and everything. So like, I, I get that. Um, now, so you guys got introduced together. So you both, neither of you were really drinkers or drug drug users at all. No, 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 no. we we both um, grew up as only children in uh, in um, alcohol and drug free homes. Um, we both have amazing childhood memories. Um, there was really, we weren't really introduced to anything um, until two years after we had been married. We got married in 2009 and then had our first son in 2010 and our second son in 2011. And after they were born was whenever the uh, the addiction kind of started. 
so yeah, that that that's the curious part because like for me it was like you know I was curious about drinking by eleven, you know, <laughs> and I was a partier all through high school and into college and into my twenties and then turned to pills when drinking stopped working, you know, it's a typical story. But like had a great childhood as well. Um, it's just I was a partier that turned into somebody that was relieving, you know, with a pe- medicine. Yep. So you know, for somebody to go through a lot together already, you know, even having children. You know, that's that's a lot of maturity that you're that you're gaining in sobriety as just regular normies that don't have a problem. Right. So what happens that all of a sudden that you get did you get into drink? We didn't talk about this yet. You get into drinking or drugs together. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, prescription drugs. Um, and really, you know, it wasn't like we never went out and drank together or anything like that. I mean, we had our, our weekends or we had our parties and things like that. But it was. Yeah. Yeah. Right into two years of being married and after having a couple kids, um, we, I, I got a prescription for a uh, Percocet. Uh, Did you get hurt? Uh, I had an issue with my uh, my teeth, wisdom teeth, and had okay. to have it out. And that was actually my first real prescription um, for Percocet. And it was like, uh, holy shit. <laughs> what would they, they start you with? In uh, two, this was 2011, right? Uh, yeah, it was right around 2011, 2012. Um, Can I guess 10s? Uh, I don't even think it was tens. I think it was the fives. Uh, it okay. Was, it was small. But um, then again, you don't really have a tolerance to anything. So I, anything you take is going to like knock your socks off. Oh right. yeah, exactly. I mean, I had that strong euphoria. Um, and right around the same time we talked about before and other things. Um, I actually, I was a fireman. I've been a fireman for 20 years now. Uh, along that time I'd been a fireman for about 10, 12 years. And uh, had seen some things, had, had some issues sleeping, had some issues with nightmares whenever I did sleep, um, had some issues with my attitude being bad. And right around the same time, taking this Percocet. It was all fixed. Oh, yeah, it right. solved everything. I, I was <laughs> for the kids. I was perfect to her. Didn't hurt. Man, I could work all day. You know, it, it, it was the problem solver for a lot of things. So then, Ashley, when did you be like, did you see some, a change in him and be like, well, what are you doing? And how can I get my hands on them, too? How can I be as happy as you all of a sudden? Um, I Honestly, I just one day he doesn't tell the story the same way I do. Um, one day I just decided I was going to take something with him. And um, but you saw him like nodding off, right? You had to have seen him like going and, and you're like, wait, what is I yeah. want that? <laughs> so. And I don't mean to cut her off, but it, it wasn't to a point of like a not off thing because, you know, I didn't know much about it. I was just taking what they were telling me to take. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't try much more than that other than maybe taking it too soon or something like that. OK. Yeah. Um, and, and it wasn't like a not off, but it was no, like, not not the not off that you eventually yeah. get to that. I'm sure but, you're going to get to. Oh, but yeah. like but like I'm talking about the not off where she's like, wow, he is not here. Like, right. he, <laughs> like where yeah. she can see that you're there, but you're not. You're just like so like gone. You oh, know, yeah. you're you're on the moon, as we called it, you know. So yeah. I get that. I know that first feeling, man, of like the early days. Those yeah. were like the days that kept you around. Oh, it's yeah. that's it's that toxic relationship where you think of those good days. Yeah, you but you have to, you have to. Yeah. But you have to talk about those good days this way. You can also say, oh, yeah, but these bad days, too. You know, it's that bad relationship that you have. Um, so that's that's I, I get that, Ashley. I, I would have done the same thing. <laughs> I would have been like, how do I mean, you stay at home mom? I didn't have to worry about getting drug tested. I mean, and I, I, I also have a I have an addictive personality. 
when I like something, I latch onto it. So I, I was probably doomed from the start. Whether it was TV shows or shopping or right. yeah. Yep. No, I get it. I'm the same. We all, I think I were all the same way. You know what I mean? Where that's, that's why we say like, we're always going to be an addict right. because yeah. there's always going to, I'm addicted to making podcasts. You know what I mean? I can't stop. It's what helps me to feel good. And it gets me to like talking like all day long. And I enjoy that. But, you know, that's the whole point is you find something that's a healthy thing to be addicted to and obsess about. So how fast does it progress or is it a slow progression? Um, It, it wasn't in, in my eyes, it wasn't really fast. Um, I feel like we kind of had what we no, wait, what year is this? That was we'll say 2012. 2012. Um, it, I'd say, man, it, probably a year and a half worth of what we thought was control. Um, cause it wasn't an all time thing. Um, you would get your script and you, you would only get them filled once a month and you weren't looking for them on the street yet. Right. Yeah. It, it, and of course it didn't take long to have to look for them somewhere. Cause you know, we, like I said, it was just a wisdom tea thing. I ended up with some issues, so it went longer than it should have, but it, it wasn't like a, I, I broke my femur or something like that. I had a, yeah, it's not like they're giving you an ongoing script. Right. Yeah. It's not like the pain management thing or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when that ran out, like I've told people before, I, I lived in this town for my entire life. I, I know everybody here, good, bad, whatever. Yeah. So I, I knew where we could probably get something if we needed something. And, you know, that's when we started reaching out and finding things like that. Mm. Um, How fast we, did you find 30s? Because 30s were huge in that, like, time. Well, you, you know, we, we moved from the Percocet to the uh, Oxycontin uh, pretty mm-hmm. quick. Um, and we actually found that through her grandmother. Um, and you know, the, the manipulating that you do when you're an addict, we have her convinced that we needed something or, you know, if that didn't work, we could, you know, just go behind her back or something like that. Yep. Um, so that introduced us to that next level of the, the Oxycontin. Um, that was, like I said, a couple of years in, um, it, it wasn't an everyday thing. Even then, uh, I had to kind of keep a wrap on it because of the fire department. I was scared to death. I might get drug tested. It's true, yeah. Because if you get injured on the job, oh yeah, yeah, you're gonna drug test you. So you have to be extra careful on top of being high, while and, like, yeah. Yep. And I'm not saying that you were going to high, but you was definitely in you, so you were sober. You know, that's the, that's the crazy part about oxy is you have to take enough so that you're good and even, so that you look like you're presentable and sober. But if you do too much, then you look like a wreck. Yeah, then, yeah, then you're overboard. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I get it. I, I was functioning for a long time, man. Like, and I, I know that balance game of having to fool everybody of like, okay, no. And like, I was in the blues personally, the, the Roxy blues, like oh, yeah. that, that was my thing um, for nine and a half years. What's that? Were those the eighties? No, the thirties. The thirties. I, I got you. Yeah. The 80s yeah. Were green or something like that. Yeah. The eighties were green. They, 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 they stopped coming around Jersey in 2009 um yeah but so i was into the blues and but anyway like i can recall like just that that's all i wanted and that's all i needed oh, yeah. you know what i mean and you know as soon as i sniffed my first one it was it was off so and i knew exactly what pharmacy had what brand you know right. what i mean like it was sick so oh, yeah. it was it was an obsession it was just about that for nine and a half years and i had to fool everybody Oh, yeah. You know, and I want to be functioning and prove to everybody that I can handle this while doing this. 
So like, yeah, I'd wake up and only take a quarter of it so I can get through work a little bit, yep. you know what I mean? Without hurting and without looking high. So yep. I, I get that balance game. So, you know, there. yeah. Did you ever have to seek out doctors though? I'll let you go ahead this time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, we, um, our addiction span lasted for about eight years and, uh, we were able to find as it progressed and things got worse, we were able to find what we needed to, to get what we needed, I guess yeah. you could say. And it really wasn't until the last year or so that, um, people started noticing that something was wrong. We hit it um, extremely well. Like oh, yeah. none of our friends, none of our family had any idea up until about the last six or nine months. Well, they probably had an idea before before that, but we, like she said, we we hit it very well. Um, and I, I worked hard. I made a decent amount of money, so I was always able to get us something. Even progressing to harder stuff we were still able to successfully hide it yeah because well and i've heard of that too and did you got how long did you take before you went into heroin i'm, I'm assuming that's even by harder stuff oh yeah well see it we, we were with the oxycontin for a couple of years um then moved to opana um and we actually stuck with opana for the longest stint of the eight years um and so it got to where you couldn't find it it was so expensive you couldn't afford it yeah which is the reason you move to anything else anyways, because usually money. Yep. And uh, then we dabbled a little bit into the heroin uh, side of it and uh, IV side of heroin. Um, but it didn't take long for us to find a supplier with fentanyl. Um, so we just went straight to direct fentanyl. And that was that that, just uh, in the pill form. Uh, it was uh, it, it was powdered form. Which uh, OK. You really know exactly what you're getting. But from from what we understand, it was pretty straight fentanyl. Um, and that was just that last year. Um, so when we found that, it went downhill pretty quick. Yeah. Being that, and so it 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 went. Things went from bad to yeah, that was a pretty holy shit. Yeah, pretty that was a bad. quick spiral. <laughs> yeah, because your kids are you know growing up too, so they're noticing things more, and they can form their own uh, thoughts and opinions and questions by now. Yep. So, and do you guys There's appear to be drug addicts yet? But. Yeah, right around around then is when it, you know it's, things start to show. Okay, um, that's when you yeah. could see like maybe you're like fa yeah. you could see it in your face. Well, I start saying I'm I'm a little guy anyway. Yeah. I, if I lose ten pounds, you can see it like that. Like, yeah, you're three years sober, man, and you know you still haven't gained my weight back, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, man, it's it's terrible. But uh, but yeah, it, people start noticing that they start noticing when you're sick and you don't have anything, which is really. In their eyes, that's when there's a problem. They think you might be on something on the days that you're actually sick. I didn't. That's what. That's what. Kind I know. Of talking to somebody. I know that. I know. I know. We're gonna be ratting out a lot of people right now. But right. yeah, <laughs> yeah. If they look sick, that means they're not high. They're withdrawing because yeah. they're yeah, yeah. Exactly. When we look good and we're moving around, we're doing the dishes, the laundry's done. We're high as hell. Exactly. <laughs> I think because our parents didn't really have any idea of what to expect. They associated yeah. us being high with sitting in the corner drooling somewhere right. like not. Same with my parents. Yeah, my parents are the same. You know, they had no idea what to look for. I was the oldest of three. You know what I mean? So 
I was the one that was the one getting into all the trouble first. My brother and sister didn't get into any trouble because I set the example not to. <laughs> Someone's got to pave the way. <laughs> Someone's got to show you the direction not to go in. Right. And that, that was me and my family. So, <laughs> but yeah, you know, my parents, they didn't know what the signs were. The only time I ever got called out was Xanax. Oh, wow. I, I yeah. never, I never got called out ever when I was on 30s. You know, it was always when Xanax was mixed in there. too. It was always I always had 30s on me and in me. But there was a lot of times I had Xanax, too, but not all the time. But whenever I did, I got caught. Yeah, push or, or I got arrested or I stole shit. I, right. <laughs> that, that's Xanax. <laughs> that, yeah. Did you guys get in Xanax at all, too? No, no. Not, it, it was really just the, uh, the opiates. OK, so now when you guys first get into like. Decide you're going to go to rehab because now you're doing fentanyl every day. Now, are you shooting it? Yes. Okay, so it's like intense, intense. It's like as intense you can get. So that's a hell of a first week in rehab. And how hard was it to find a rehab that would take you guys together? Well, that was actually uh, probably not as hard as it really should have been. Um, Well, it usually is hard for a lot of addicts. But, oh, but you guys have the advantage of getting high together and right. not meeting an addiction. So that's probably why they were a little more lenient with you as opposed to a couple that met an addiction. Well, and when we found uh, the place we went here in the San- here in North Carolina, uh, when we first talked to them, we told them, we said, hey, you know, uh, you can either accept us as a couple or accept knowing that we're probably going to die if you don't. Um, and, you know, I'm not... <laughs> It's not like we were trying to act like hard asses or anything, but we needed we needed. No, you were being honest. Yeah, it was was the honest truth. And so and but did they also know that you guys started using together like that? You you didn't meet and you guys were married and all that. They knew we were married. Yeah. Okay, so that that probably helped. And that they have you you have kids and this was your first time in rehab. So all those probably went to your advantage if it was multiple stints. That would have been more questions for oh, yeah. you. Yeah. But either way, I mean, how old are you guys at this time? I will be 34 next week. <laughs> okay, so you're like 30, 31 years old when this is going on. Right. Yes. Yeah, so they're like, okay, this is a young couple who's just trying to turn their lives around at 30. Let's help them out. Right. Oh, yeah. So yeah. that's awesome. So what you mentioned to me, and I told you not to tell me anything. I think you unsent it. Um, remember, I was like, no, 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 I don't want to know anything yet. I want to talk to you first. What happened your first week? Um, I actually go into a lot of detail on my blog and I'll try to keep it as short as possible. Yeah. And I'll have the link to your blog in the description of the episode. So whether you're watching or listening, you can go in the description and there will be the link right to your blog too. Okay. Um, the first night we got there. We were there late, and we both took sleep medication or whatever they gave us and went to sleep. The next morning we got up, um, I had to go and have an assessment done just to, like, talk to the doctor there and everything like that. And um, the first thing I asked was, where's where's my husband? Where's Roger? And the way the, the nurse said, he's fine, just kind of made, like, the hair on the back of my neck stand up. And so I basically bullshitted whatever what I told them what they wanted to hear to get out of there. And um, I actually ran into him in the hallway and he did not recognize me. Um, 
Sorry, I was out of it. I will forever have the the mental picture of him in scrubs, wearing only socks. His eyes were half closed. His words were extremely slurred, and he was wearing a sweater that was like hanging off of his shoulder. And it literally took him a good, I don't know, like almost a minute of me standing there looking at him, going, "Roger, what is wrong with you?" For him to realize that it was me, and it it like it broke me right there because this episode I, is sponsored by MJ's Progress Not Perfection Meeting Center Association. We are in our meeting center where we do all these meetings for mental health and addiction. I can do this podcast anywhere. I can do this at home. I can do this in a closet. I can do this in a basement. It doesn't matter. All I need is somebody else to talk to about addiction and recovery. What I can't do from anywhere is help people with their addiction and their mental health problems. If you can help out, you know, we do have a Venmo, we have a Cash App, we have a PayPal, we have an address you can send a check to, and, you know, all the money that gets donated goes towards rent, goes towards keeping the lights on, and goes towards keeping the internet on. So please, you know, if you can get five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, it doesn't matter. Anything you can is so appreciated. And if you are a local business, if you're a national business, whatever, and you want to be a part of what we're doing, you know, you can reach out to me and we can talk about how you can be a sponsor. But I'll let you get back to the episode. My, my time when I was like, holy shit, we have really, really fucked up. And at the time, I didn't know what he had gone through. Um, yeah, she mentions that we went to sleep, but I, I didn't get to sleep much. Um, and I, <clears throat> my metabolism has always been pretty high. So mm. I guess that kind of goes out of me pretty quick the second i tried to lay down everything started um and because they, have you guys gone into withdrawals at all this entire time or have you pretty much been able to stay high the entire let's stay high but like pretty much like i mean besides the last year right i mean we had a hint of withdrawal every now and then but we were kind of able to make things happen before anything anything really ever got bad we didn't expect so we, 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 we never knew- had to go more than a couple days Right. Oh, no, 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 no. no, no. no. Yeah. We couldn't. <laughs> we, we, I don't think we went more than probably six to eight hours. Yeah, and, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's crazy. Is I, lo- I lost my gallbladder three years into sobriety because of all the dry heaving I did over because of all the years of like um, withdrawals that I had. Because there was times where I had to go multiple days. Oh, wow. And I would still go back like an idiot, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Because I'm an addict and I still wanted it, you know, exactly. just I couldn't get it or I didn't have any money. Yep. So I would just lay in bed for a few days, sweat it out, and then go get more again. Back to it, you know. So, yeah, I ended up losing my gallbladder and a lot of stomach tissue because of all the bile I got rid of over the years. It's crazy. So whenever I find people that, like, were able to stay with it the entire time, I'm always like, I commend you because <laughs> you're probably going to have a lot more organs now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is the first time you're really going through with that, man. Oh, yeah. yeah the, the actual full-fledged withdrawal. Were um, they giving you anything, like Suboxone or anything? Well, that was kind of, I think, the reason why I was so out of it by then. They had hit me with everything they knew to hit me with. Um, at, later on in rehab, we found out that they had hit us with about three or four times more than what they usually would. Um, they so, actually apologized yeah. to us and told us that we probably should have been in sedated detox because of how violent our withdrawals were. Um, it was, oh my God, like yeah, yeah. it was nothing to be ready for that. I mean, right. it was it was unreal. 
No, um, yeah. I mean, and I can see how that would be like, and I'm sure they probably gave you sleep meds too. So yeah, no wonder why you wouldn't know who she is. You're completely just like fucked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like for lack of a better word, that's what you were. Like oh, yeah. talk about being high. That's a whole different well, kind of level of a couple hours before seeing her was when they actually hit me with the first dose of uh, the, it's not the Suboxone, but the Subutex or whatever they give you. And even that was too soon. So it hit me even harder after that. Oh, shit. So, yeah, you weren't even, you shouldn't have even taken it that soon. Yeah. That's why I didn't like taking subs. I would only, I I was refusing them until I absolutely needed them. Because I knew, like, I, I only went to rehab once. You know, so, you know, knock on some wood so far. Um, you know, but I went to rehab one time and I feel I was telling them, no, I'm not taking a Suboxone unless I absolutely need to. I'll let you know if I need a piece, but like, I won't take it like habitually once every 12 hours. Cause then I'm going to be addicted to that ritual too. Right. Exactly. So I, I get that of like not wanting to do that either because is that what you ended up doing? Yeah. They, uh, they, they put us on, uh, it's like a, a seven day taper taper with that um but like like we said they they ended up giving it to us too soon so it just it shot us straight even even the heavier withdrawal i don't think they knew what to do honestly i I don't think they'd ever seen anything i think that's around a time when like fentanyl was really becoming like more and more prevalent was 2018 you know because i got like i started my recovery in april 2018 and i you know like i said i never got into heroin but I never heard the word fentanyl until three months into being sober. Right. You know, and that was the summer of 2018. That was the first time I heard the word fentanyl in my life because I never got into heroin. So I never would have heard that being tossed around. Oh, yeah. But three years into sobriety, I sure did because that's when people started dying around me. Oh, yeah. You know, so, you know, that thing, I was, it was crazy. So I'm glad that you found it when you did, you know, because that's, it only got worse. You know, oh, yeah. obviously we see the numbers yeah. now it's just okay. a whole new level yeah. yep um so now how long did you guys stay into like treatment for like uh, inpatient detox was a week in the medical facility and then we moved over to the actual rehab when we were over there for uh what three weeks it was a total of a total of four weeks of yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, 28 days of normal stuff. <laughs> what the yeah. insurance will pay for, then they kick you right out. <laughs> oh, man, that's a that's a whole other story. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they're still calling me for my money, too, man. <laughs> and I'm like, see. We almost didn't even get in, Um, and she talks about this, too, in, in the blog also, and I hate to keep mentioning that, but there's a lot more detail in that. Um, You know, our parents, we can't even thank them enough, even they, even today. They made that happen for they, us. They made it happen. Um, it, as good as my insurance was with my job um, at the city, they still, my insurance wasn't going to cover it. Yep. Um, so her, her dad actually made it happen for us, got us in there, paid whatever needed to happen. And then my insurance kicked in for her, but not for me. At, like, what sense does that make? It's my insurance, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy. And I, I'll shout out my dad, too, because I know my dad also, he had to float me in sober living um, because my sober living was one that used cannabis. Um, it was in Los Angeles, and it was literally the first one that allowed cannabis to be used. Um, we didn't, we weren't allowed to smoke, and I still don't smoke to this day. I just use the, like, capsules whenever I take my medicine. Um, but still, since the insurance says, hey, that's cannabis, we can't cover that. 
Um, so what I, the insurance covered my IOP, you know, my outpatient that I had to go to while in sober living. And then I had to pay rent to live in the house in Los Angeles, which was like 1500 a month. So my dad floated me for like four months just so I could like, until I was good, you know, I called up, I said, all right, I'm ready to come back now. And, you know, I came back to work because we ran a plumbing company together, him, my brother and myself. Um, my brother and I actually did the North Carolina for a year doing plumbing in um, Raleigh. Oh, okay. Yeah, we were, yeah, we were down. Oh, are you really? Yep. Okay. Yeah. We lived in Durham. So, but that's, we did plumbing around there. And then when we left there, it was to come up to Pennsylvania to start that. And that's when my addiction really just like nosedived into, (laughs) I was closer to Jersey, which was my old stomping grounds. And I was taking road trips, man, two hour and a half, two hours each way, like four times a week for a couple of years. Oh, wow. Like, yeah. At first I was like, oh, I'm going to the Flyers game. And I would. (laughs) I would just get a lot of pills too while I go to the Flyers game. So, but those are getting expensive when you go to like 15 games in a season. I'm like, I can't do that again. Can't do the games anymore. I gotta figure. I gotta have more money for these pills. I gotta figure out a different way to do this. So the schemes that we come up with, man, oh, it's man. crazy. So, what? How long did it take? Did you guys get into like programs together or meetings together, or what did you guys do for your sobriety together? Is it the blog? Uh, well, when we when we came home, we actually well while we were in rehab, we had separate counselors and we took separate classes because um, there was a, a big whole deal about us being there as a married couple. You know, I'm sure, yeah. You can't oh, recover yeah. together until you fix yourself and just all this bullshit to me, anyways. But yeah. um, when we got back, we went to um, therapy together and then we had therapy separate. And we actually, we went to meetings for a little while, but honestly, we didn't really feel welcome. Mm. Um, we would. I, I could I, totally see that in North Carolina. I could, I could a hundred percent see that you're a couple in sobriety. They don't care whether how your circumstances are different than they don't. I could. Yeah. Cause I've been in like a liberal AA and a area of Los Angeles and I've been in conservative PA where it's like. So I could totally see the same thing mirror in North Carolina. Like, so yeah, I could, I could see that. I'm, I hate that so much because, you know, and it is a unique circumstance and, you know, cause a lot of the times it is like taboo because it doesn't work, but people need to be open-minded about recovery. Oh, yeah. Like that, that's why I do this. Cause I want to show as many different stories as possible because there are a lot of different ways that we can recover. Yep. So now how long before you guys see a change at home in like behaviors and all that, like, does it take a bit to get used to each other being sober again? You know what I mean? Cause you had a lot of rituals of getting high. So like, you know, now all your rituals are gone and it's been a month, you know, cause I know I, you had to have had rituals of getting high together. Well, it, yeah, I don't know about rituals because right there towards the end, it was a survival thing. Um, you know, it, maybe towards the beginning, there was a ritual um, yeah. and actually having fun with it and things like that. Okay. So, but, uh, OK, I wasn't sure if there's any habits you needed to break now coming back home because like you're you're back into where you were just getting high at. Like I didn't when I left for rehab, I never came back to that house again. Oh, we you had, know what I mean? So, yeah, we had. Yeah. At the time we had three boys. So we. <laughs> 
we had to kind of suck it up and i, I mean, had a six-year-old dog i'm like go live with my parents you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah while we were in rehab we actually signed um over the last thing that we actually had in our name which is our house um so we did we never went back there um my parents welcomed us into their home which worked out great because that okay they, so that's what i was curious about because that yeah. would be something like that would be hard for me just alone to go back let alone with my significant other where like there's memories oh, yeah. couldn't of, and, i couldn't go back yeah we wouldn't go back to that um it, like we signed it over while we were in rehab came back here um after being here probably a week i went back to my job um owned up to some things that i'd done there and resigned um and i actually I, I stayed out of the fire service for right at three years and got welcomed back by another department. I kind of missed it. Um, when you're in that, you, you love it. It's another home. So, yeah. you know, I started searching around a little bit, found a department that welcomed me back, regardless of my past. They knew about it, um, gave me a chance, and I'm there now, and I love it. So, that Congratulations, helped. man. It feels, you know, it's it's so, it feels so good to just be honest right with yeah. your employer about it yeah because i feel so bad whenever i talk to somebody and they're like oh i would love to do your show or can i have myself hidden because of my career and i always like i feel for them because like you can't be completely free with you know and i get it you know we all have to make money we have to survive and that's our career but like man is it freeing when you can say to your boss like and i like i can make jokes like you know i just started a job like two weeks ago doing remote work and i can make jokes about it because okay. they know that i'm in recovery yep it's the same <laughs> oh yeah That's, when i'm at work i mean we, we're, we run medical calls all the time so we still go to overdoses and we'll go to an overdose and they'll be like all right roger you got this one you know <laughs> like yeah you're right i, I can handle this <laughs> i know what to do oh yeah but i mean we're we're tight like that we can make jokes and it's you know i'm not gonna take it personal um i, I know they're just kind of messing with me that they know that you know we're, we're tight enough where we can joke like that but, yeah uh, and and that and that makes it a lot easier to like also be there at work and not have to worry about them being like come on grab a drink have a drink with me we're gonna go drink exactly yeah, yeah. They, they you know they, they might mention things that they do going out and partying like that but they know they never really mentioned it like that. Like, hey, man, let's go out and do this. Exactly. Yeah, they can respect that. Yeah. 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 That's what I think it's a lot easier. What's <laughs> yeah, that? They're a lot younger than us, too. I, so. said, I think it's we're, we got four kids, and we've been married for 13 years, and we're just like an old-ass married couple. <laughs> He's just that old vet that just, like, seen some shit and had some rough days. <laughs> yeah. um, now, when did you start your blog, Ashley? Um. Like what inspired you to start it, and when did you start it? Um, my daddy unexpectedly passed away in August of 2020. Um, we were extremely close, and um, it it broke me. Um, I, I didn't I didn't relapse. That was never a uh, that was never an issue. Um, <clears throat> but I've always I've always turned to journaling and writing as a, as a form of therapy, even when I was younger. Um, and my daddy had, he, he had always wanted me to, uh, to do something with my writing. Um, and my mom called me one day when she was cleaning out his desk drawer and 
he had saved my SAT paper from high school and um, had written something on it. And I, I just kind of felt like it was a sign. And so I, I started to write about grief, you know, losing him, funny memories, um, just different things like that. And I honestly don't know why I started writing about our story with addiction, but it, so many people started to reach out and relate to it and, you know, ask how we did it and want to know, you know, how we, how we still maintain it today and how it is being a married couple in that it, that went to rehab together, you know, it came back and, you know, we're still doing it. So, I mean, I, I guess I just kind of, it just stumbled upon the, upon the addiction and recovery part of it. Yeah, because you're just journaling about your days at that point, just as like a form of self-therapy. And all of a sudden you're realizing you're talking about wait, this was two coming up on two years sober and you just lost your dad. Yeah. So, yeah, that would I could easily see you stumbling into it quickly because you're, you know, coming up on an anniversary. So now are you do you guys talk a lot? It seems like it seems like you're close enough to where like you were talking to him, too, about like your blog and everything like that was like communication wise for you. My dad. No, to Roger. Oh yeah. 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 But she's always done well with writing. Like you mentioned before, um, there was even times when we were kind of young together, just married. And, you know, you always have your first issues when you're married, you know, you're getting used to each other still. And I could look at her and be like, well, write it down. Like you got something bothering you today. What's going on? Write it down. And like, let me read it later. Just write it down. And she was always good with that. Um, yeah. so I, I knew it wouldn't take long for her to kind of take off with that um, and, and go whatever route she wanted to with it. And we had such a different story from our side of addiction. I, I figured that would probably help somebody out there, especially just showing them that there's more than one, one side. Yeah, yeah. There, there's more than one way to do this. Yeah, because as a couple, like, you know, I remember being you know, and the toxic part of it where you're using together. And I can remember like, you know, outwardly blaming each other for things as you're getting high. <clears throat> and I'm wondering, you know, cause you know, my wife and I, we're, we're sober and we had the same sober date, but the ironic thing is we were never like in active addiction together. You know what I mean? We both were like moderating and then we just completely stopped and had the same sober date. So, but we have like different kinds of stories that just like we met at different times in recovery. That's all. Um, so, and it was leap day. So it was like the perfect time to quit because I was like, the sober date's amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what better time than now? And then, of course, two weeks later was the pandemic starting. It was like, oh my God. Oh. So, <laughs> so, yeah, because my thing was pills, like I said, but I, you know, I had started drinking again, but not alcoholically because I was still working the steps. And I just, I didn't want to drink alcoholically. So to check myself, I would just like do the steps the entire time. It, it was all like fucked up in my head of a way to like keep justifying what I was doing. So <laughs> that's why I did change my sober dig. So it was like just justification. <laughs> so, but either way, so how is it like now, like um, with when you get through things and you don't need to like, you know, get high anymore, like you don't have to. You know, when bad yeah. shit still happens. So, like, when that happened, how did you get through that, like, without having to numb? Because you had eight years of numbing away anything that was happening. 
when my dad passed away. Yeah. Um. Was it the writing that got you through it? Honestly, no. Um, I never had a desire to use after we left rehab. Um, my my daddy and I were extremely, extremely close, and it never crossed my mind to start using again. In fact, I had someone come up to me at the funeral and say that um, they had been thinking about me because they wanted to make sure that I didn't relapse. And I didn't mean to sound like a bitch, but I was like, I can't think of a more shitty way to disrespect my father's memory than to start using again when he's the whole reason we got into rehab in the first place. Yeah. And I, I, I was a total bitch, but I didn't mean to be like, (laughs) yeah, buried him. So, I mean, I, I kind of had a reason. So if you're watching that person that, (laughs) that said that she did. (laughs) Sorry, Nicole. My bad. (laughs) I no, mean, but I, I, I can I can totally I mean your your emotions are already through the roof and you're not numbing anything. You're feeling everything. And so I can totally see how that would be your answer because that that's you know, I feel like when we're grieving that hard, everyone's gonna see the most raw side of you. Right. Like there's gonna be no even a chance of a filter. That filter has been thrown away. And if you're gonna say something, just know you're gonna get the reaction with Yeah. The real you're getting all of it. <laughs> yeah, you're getting the real thing. So I'm so happy you guys can find a way to like do this together and also not like run back to it. And also that like you can go back to your job like that you'd love to do and not have to feel uncomfortable about your past because that's always one of the most hardest things to get through at a new job. Yeah, definitely. It uh, it, it was scary at first, but uh, it, that that did good, kind of making me feel welcome, and you know, not bringing up things unless maybe I did. They'd wait for me to make a joke about something to make sure I was okay with it. And of course, once I'd made a joke, they were they were loving it. But yeah, yeah. our department's got a sick sense of humor, so usually we joke about stuff you probably shouldn't. But extremely uh, sick. yeah, extremely <laughs> sick. <laughs> so so the first time they heard me make a joke about something with using, they they lost it. But uh, that's it, awesome. That's a good it, feeling, man. Yeah. Cause I love joking about it. That's, that's how I get through anything. You know, I even did stand up comedy, you know, in addiction. And so like getting sober, it was, I had to find ways to laugh at it. Cause that's all I can do. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it is. It's true. And once you laugh at all the ridiculousness, like of like going through the carpet, looking for shit, like all the dumb shit we would do. But once you start laughing at it again is when you're accepting of it and it, it just is what it is. And you find it funny and it's you moving on. And it's a, that's why, like, the memes, like, whenever I see, like, the comedy memes, like, the humor memes about recovery, like, a few of the meme creators have been on my show because I love following all those pages. So, like, and there's a lot of good, like, you know, other video creators out there. And, Ashley, what's the name of your blog? Um, It's herrighttorain.com. And it's right is spelled W-I-R-T-E. W-R-I-T-E. So H E H E R W R I T E. It's right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I I have it. It'll, like I said, it'll be in the description. I just wanted to hear it. Her right to reign. It'll be in the description. Um, whether you're listening or whether you're watching, <laughs> and you can see more of their stories. And thank you again so much, guys. I really appreciate it. We enjoyed thank it. Thanks. you for having us. All right, no problem. Have a great night. You too. You too. I right, see. You.